Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 13 and meet me at verse 10. Luke chapter 13 and meet me at verse 10. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman whom Satan has bound Think of it for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. There's a word in our English, in our dictionary that a lot of times we say, uh, most of the times we act out this word, but it's a word that I despise. It's, it's a word that I hate. The Bible doesn't even use this word, so it never really speaks favorably upon this word. Our enemy, the devil, he likes this word because it allows him to do his best work. But this word in scripture, I, I'm sorry, this word in our English, uh, dictionary, not in scripture, but in our English dictionary, I despise the word. And I bet you're wondering right now, what is this word that pastor despises? I despise the word cope. The word cope, C-O-P-E. You're just going to have to cope with that. You're going to have to struggle with that. You're going to have to just handle that. It's the word cope, and uh, God doesn't refer to the word cope. And the enemy loves the word cope. Just, hey, something happened to you when you were younger, and you're just going to have to struggle with that. Uh, you had an injury in your body, and you're just going to have to deal with that for, you know, cope with it the rest of your life. I remember one particular time I used to play flag football, and I, I caught a football, and after I caught the football, uh, my my finger here, uh, started drooping down like this. And basically what happened, it was called mallet finger. And the tendon that connects to the top bone was dislodged. And so the top finger would just droop down. And I talked to certain people about the finger and I would look at that finger and the finger was hanging down. People said, oh man, gosh, you're going to just have to cope with that. You're going to deal with that. You're going to struggle with that the rest of your life. My goodness. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You just got to cope with it. You got to handle it. You got to struggle with it. I mean, just cope with it. Well, as you can see today, I'm not, I'm not flicking y'all off, but as you can see today, uh, that, that tendon has reattached to the bone. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so I wonder if this particular woman 
felt like she had to cope with this uh, bodily infliction that was occurring on her and in her life. Here she is. For 18 years, she can't stand up straight. She's looking something like this. Her back is bent, and all she can do is look down the whole time. And you know she wasn't born with that because the scripture gives us explicit time frame. Over the last 18 years, she was dealing with this. So this came upon her suddenly. And I know that she probably Googled it, right? I mean, she probably said, oh my goodness, I was standing up straight one day and now I'm bent over and I'm looking down and I can never look forward and I can never look up. And I bet Google told her, you are going to die. Have you, have you ever Googled any of your symptoms? It always leads to death. I assure you, you probably shouldn't Google your symptoms. And so they, she probably Googled it and said, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. She probably did the, the rightful thing and did some homemade remedies, right? Grandma used to say, if this happens in your life, you know, you probably should just take some, uh, what grandma used to say, my, my grandma, what, yeah, there it is, castor oil. Just take some castor oil. And drink it down, and that fixed everything. If you just drunk some castor oil, fix everything, or some rubbing oil. Get some oil and just rub it on the problem, and that's going to fix. She probably tried home remedies. Uh, she probably went to the doctor, and as you know, I am not opposed to going to the doctor. I need to make that clear. Go to the doctor. She probably went to the doctor, and the doctor probably said, you know what? There's nothing we can do. She probably went to a holistic doctor and said, hey, the medical doctor said there's nothing we can do. What about the holistic doctors? And they probably said, eat these herbs, eat this plant, take these pills, and everything's going to be all right. But in the natural, she still was dealing with this ailment. And so she decides to go to church. Aren't you glad she went to church? And on that Sunday, on that Sabbath day, Jesus is preaching. And the good thing that we have today, because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of each and every one of us, Jesus is preaching to you today. Jesus is declaring to you today, I'm just a vessel, but my words are spirit and my words are life. And she went to church that day, and it took faith for her to go to church. Imagine the pain that she was in. Imagine the discomfort that she was in. Can you feel the embarrassment that maybe she had walking in? Because she used to walk straight, and now she's bent over and don't know what happened. Why in the world does this on me? And I'm contending with this and dealing with this for eight years. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody in here has been dealing with something for 18 years. Maybe it's paycheck to paycheck living. That's all you know. And you never, you run out, you got more month than you do money. And it's been going on for as long as you can remember a long time you've been dealing with this element. Maybe there's a pain in your back. Maybe there's a pain in your knee. And you've been dealing with this pain for a long time. And you've tried everything in the natural to know what to do. Maybe it is a, a, a disease that you're contending with. 
and the doctors say there's nothing we can do with it. You're going to have to cope with it. You're going to have to struggle with it. And you've been dealing with it. But I came here off my sabbatical to tell you this morning that you don't have to cope with this any longer. You don't have to put up with it any further. You can be free from your ailments. And so the woman shows up at church and Jesus is preaching. He's preaching that Sabbath day. And have you ever wondered what Jesus is preaching? I mean, the scriptures don't give us the luxury to always tell us what Jesus was preaching. It just says he was preaching and he was teaching. And we don't exactly know. I mean, there are a couple of times like the Sermon on the Mount, right, that we realize what Jesus was preaching that particular day. But I've been thinking, what was Jesus preaching on this day? Now, I will tell you this. If you don't mind, put on the screen verse 17. I think this is so very important. We find out here, and when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Somebody say done. Now, in verse 10, we find out that he was teaching. In verse 17, they're rejoicing about what he did or what was done. Now, I want you to get this because in today's society, with the linguistics of our preachers, we rejoice over their way to make a word rhyme, and we think, oh, that's so powerful. But what kind of power was manifested in it? We, we get excited about how they can uh, speak a high vocabulary and a great language, but what's their power? Are their people delivered? Jesus was uh, celebrated, glorified, worshipped because of what he had done. So that tells me that preaching is the vehicle that God uses to get things done. I need for you to get this. Preaching is the vehicle that God uses to get things done in your life. It's not about, well, I don't want to go to church because I've heard that word before. No, God's trying to get something done in your life. It's not about, well, I don't know if I want to listen to it. I ain't got time. I better watch CNN. No, you better get some word because God is trying to get some things done in your life. It's preaching that does it. It's the foolishness of preaching that's confounded the wise. It's the foolishness of the cross that has saved us. It's the preaching and the teaching of the word of God that will release power in someone's life. It's the vehicle God is using. He's using it to get things done in your life. So this woman shows up at church. She's got ailments. She's got problems. She can't stand up straight. She's in pain. She shows up to church and Jesus is preaching that day. And Jesus notices her. Oh, yeah, he notices her. Aren't you glad that Jesus notices you? He notices her and he calls her out. And he says to her, woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. These are such powerful words because recognize, notice, she tried everything else. But there is an invisible spirit. Let's, let's just be real. It's a demon. A demon that has set itself on her. And that demon is residing on her and causing her ailment. 
her predicament, her pain, her discomfort. It's a demon. Oh, but you know, we need to go ahead and uh, do all these practical things. I'm for the practical things. Matter of fact, we should do the practical things first. Do all that stuff that you know to do. But if you don't see any progress, guess what? It's a demon. Oh, I don't want to scare you this morning because we got authority over demons. We got the power over demons. Demons flee when they hear the name of Jesus. It's a demon that's on her. And Jesus notices it. Now understand, Jesus is a man with the Spirit of God. Although he is the Son of God, he operated as a human with the Holy Spirit. That's why Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. So he's a man operating with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God told him she is dealing with a spirit of infirmity. And Jesus saw it and he said, woman, Thou art, somebody say it with me, loosed from your infirmity, a spirit, be loose. What does it mean to be bound? Well, the opposite of loose is bound, which means she was restricted, she was incarcerated, she was boxed in, she was, she was tied up, she was bound by this spirit of infirmity, this demon of sickness, this demon that carries the curse with them, this demon that's causing her not to advance and to act the way God's will is for her in her life. It was a demon and she was bound. But Jesus said, you are loosed. So immediately what took place was she was set free. She was untied. She was able to be uh, unrestricted. She was loosed from her infirmity. Oh, this is so powerful. When you start looking into spiritual things and getting your eyes off all the natural things, why is it not working? If you tried everything you can in the natural, it is a spirit. And I didn't say the spirit is in you. The spirit is on you. There's a difference. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Ain't no demon going to live up there with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is so holy, he's going to dry that demon out. But those spirits of infirmity can get on you. And primarily, they try to get in your mind and get you to think a certain way. And it takes a man of God to recognize it and loose it in your life. There was a, a particular time I had got real sick in my body um, to the point I was losing a pound a day. I mean, if you, if you recognize, that's a lot of weight losing. And I wasn't working out. It was just sickness. And we, I went to the doctor several times, and I couldn't, we couldn't figure out what was going on. And you may have heard me tell this story. The doctors uh, started guessing. Well, so I said, no, no, I ain't going back because I don't, I don't need to be anybody's guinea pig. Don't guess, and I, we're not going to experiment on me, and, this, and none of that. And so um, we, were, we were praying, and the Lord told me to call a, a particular guy that I know. And he said, call him and have him come over. So I called him. I said, man, come over to the house, man. I said, I, I, something's going on in my body. 
We don't know what's going on. I need you to come over here and pray. He said, man, now this particular man is a guy that ain't coming over to say, Father, then, 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 thank you, Lord. Holla, oh, do you feel better? Okay, I got to go back. I knew this man was going to be there all night long. <laughs> no, no, this is why I called him. I ain't playing with this devil. I, I called him. He showed up. And he, he was ready to be there all day. He started praying, started praying in tongues, started praying in the Holy Ghost. He just sat in the chair and I sat in the chair. He just looked at me and just started praying, started declaring. I started feeling better. And he got to praying and declaring. I started feeling a lot better. I started standing up. Now, I couldn't stand up before I started. He's got to praying. Now, we're talking about it. It wasn't 10 minutes. We're talking at this point, it's been a couple hours. He got the print, and I stood up, and, and I started walking around the island in my house, praise the Lord. I wasn't able to do that, and he got the print. He was falling behind me, and he was praying in the Holy Ghost. He got the print, and I started running around that island, praise the Lord. He got the print in the Holy Ghost. I took off running, hallelujah. And then, all of a sudden, he said, I saw in the spirit, I saw a demon that tried to get, was on you, and he ran out this house. I said, glory be to God. Now, some of y'all scared, but hey, that thing can't stay on me. It took a, a, the spirit of God and a man of God to call it out and say, you're loose. You're loosed. I'm calling it out this morning. I came off my sabbatical for the sole purpose to call you loosed in the name of Jesus. Carrie, you are loose from poverty in the name of Jesus. You're loosed in Jesus' name. Be loosed from your infirmity. Be loosed from the spirit of grief. Be loosed from that pain in your body. Be loosed from that agitation. Be loosed from the not being able to sleep at night. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Be loosed, be free. And don't be entangled again with that bondage. Some of you having suicidal thoughts, I command you to be loosed from those thoughts in the name of Jesus. Some of you are dealing with financial issues. Be loosed from that, that rat race. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. And so we find out then a man interrupts everything. He's the leader of the synagogue. And he says, well, why are you doing this on the Sabbath? I mean, you, you all not, this person's mad. This person's mad that someone was healed on that day. I mean, when Jesus loosed her, the scriptures say he laid hands on her and she stood straight up. And this man's upset by that. It's mad. So don't do it on the Sabbath. I'm not happy that, that someone got healed. I'm just mad you did it on the wrong day. How ridiculous is that? And he says to Jesus, you wrong for that. You wrong. Keep her bound. That's what religion wants to do. Keep her restricted. Keep her incarcerated. Who are you to lose someone from their infirmity? And Jesus says, Come on, man, you loose your donkey, your cat and your dog. You let them go outside, do what they got to do. You loose them all the time. Why? Why? Listen to this. Can a woman who's Abraham's daughter, that means she's a covenant woman, 
whom, watch this, God had bound. Is that what it says? Put, put verse 6 in there. Did it say whom God had bound? See, a lot of us deal with the issues that are going on in our life because we have somehow come to some conclusion that God put us in this situation. I'm setting you free. I'm kicking over some sacred cows this morning. I had a woman come in our church and she said she was dealing with depression. She said God gave her this depression. And God was causing her to, to, to be a champion to fight it all her life because it was from God. No, 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 no. Satan gave you that. And you need to be loosed. But you won't ever be loosed if you don't realize where it came from. It came from Satan. So if Satan gave it to me, I don't want it. <laughs> exactly. I don't need it. I can't work with it. I can't cope with it. Came from Satan. Jesus identifies the source of her predicament. He says, Satan has bound of it for 18 years. It is God's will for you to be loosed in the name of Jesus. To be loosed from your infirmity. And that is basically some sickness, ailment, predicament, whatever you are in, God wants you loosed. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Music